Hello and welcome to another episode of Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by Vader. How are you doing, Vader? That's me, and I'm good. <laughs> Ready to talk Super, through. super, super brisk. Yes, yeah, it's about time we've returned. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still a bit flabbergasted by this film. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, it's, it's, a uh, it's something, all right. <laughs> It's something with a cherry on top this one like i don't know what to make of it i'll um, take the blame i picked this one. Oh, it's fine it's, mm-hmm. it was fun in its own right but this this film we're covering is legendary weapons of china and yes. i believe it's a pun uh, because the weapons are the people and their kung fu is what I kind of interpreted from it. But they also use weapons. Yeah, as far as the English, um, or the, you know, I guess English, the international title is concerned, um, I believe the actual the Chinese title is just 18, 18 weapons of China, or like tr- traditional 18 weapons or something. So that those are like the broadsword, the, the spear, the tiger paw claws whatever they're called yeah i, I guess to to literally That's jump to the 18. last to the end of the film it's they go through all 18 weapons um at the, well, by like the, the end of the film the film does start with them yes. as well like, uh, a nice like montage the longest intro of all time <laughs> it, it was cool it was cool yeah. but Okay, well, that's what I thought. But at the same time, the way the story progresses, it feels like that they're inferring that these characters, these masters of Kung Fu, are the weapon, the legendary weapons of China. So yeah, that's I mean, what I took from it. <laughs> they're definitely specialists at what they do. <laughs> and I thought that's what the whole plot of the movie, like underlying moral of the story pulling out the full house moral of the story is that people are better than weapons <laughs> yeah i don't know man there was so much going on with this movie yeah um okay. there's i'm jumping the gun yeah but okay so i was wrong about the title i was rely. I, I came to this podcast relying on you telling me what actually happened in this film dave because oh man i was i thought you would <laughs> let me know what happened <laughs> I always rely on you, man. I always rely on you. Maybe we could talk it out and we'll come up with. An I think we'll, together. yeah. Well, maybe we'll we'll meet in the middle and um, get a, a better sense of what, yeah. what was going on in this um, very. It was like a two hour long movie. It was a long, long film. It was long. Um, thankfully, uh, three fourths of that runtime is is like fight scenes. Like they didn't stop much. It was a little bit of talking, but uh, yeah, it, overall it was pretty went, busy. Yeah, when they weren't fighting, they were swimming in poo, but... <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we'll... we'll, kick, we'll yeah, we'll kick off with the um, the director, um, Lu Chialong. Um, I probably butchered that, but that's the director's uh, name. He also is uh, the... I wouldn't say he's the lead actor, um, but he uh, portrays uh, Lei Kung, so the guy that everyone's looking for. Yep. Which and gets so he's the director. You see it as well. He's also the director. Yes. Okay. And he's he's um, he passed away in 2013, 
but uh, he's been acting for like ever. 80,000 years? Yeah. Uh, his first role was in 1950, and then he didn't stop. He didn't stop kung fuing until, um, scrolling slightly, 2005. Oh, dang. So That's he has 119 um, credits uh, to his acting career. Um, and 26 uh, film credits that he's directed. Uh, oh, he actually directed Legend of Drunken Master in 1994, the one we haven't covered yet. Cool. Uh, and as we'll see, one of our uh, cast members is Gordon Liu, and he's they've worked together before with um, Disciples of the 36th Chamber, I believe. Uh, probably Martial Arts of Shaolin. Um, Return to 36th Chamber. I don't know, a 36 Chamber of Shaolin. And then uh, a lot of the uh, Wu-Tang films. So Executioners of Shaolin, Dirty Ho, um, and a couple other ones are, are movies that he's directed. Okay. He's, it's, an, it's an extensive, I mean, it's it's 20, 26 notable films. I don't think any of these are ones that went under the radar, really. So that's interesting, because I, I, I wasn't, personally aware of um, his work so i was remiss in my kung fu movie watching <laughs> he what he he did teenage mutant ninja turtles uh how do you not mention that one for directing did i miss it um what did he i don't know or, or, no it must have been I, i'm guessing it's stunts or something. oh was it stunts yeah there's like 107 stunt credits <laughs> I just saw it was notable four and it had Ninja oh, okay. Turtles. Yeah, that's that's gotta be at the top. Um Ninja Turtles three though, which is the least it's not um, the best of this Another one where they go back in time. I can't remember Lost it's been a long Turtles, time. This Lost is, in time or something. For those who didn't realize, these are the old Ninja Turtle ones, not the more recent ones. Live action. Yeah. For yeah. I mean that's what I thought it was. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't just, mistake just it for be the, clear. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just a live action one. Um must have been I didn't see him in stunts, miscellaneous crew maybe. Oh yes. Uh he was the technical advisor um for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. That's why I didn't know didn't see it. But he's done fight choreography for like everything. All the ones that he's directed, um, and others. A lot of notable titles. Um, Legend of the Seven Gold Vampires, uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine, uh, The Water Margin, um, One-Armed Swordsman. Yeah, uh, that Lots. that's my bad. Not knowing who this guy was, and he's done, like, everything that was everything. important. Um, <laughs> well, we and failed, it shows we failed like you guys. Movie... <laughs> I forgive you. We've covered a few films recently that aren't, weren't as much kung fu as we would like. This was all kung fu. Yeah, this and it, it made up it. for probably any the last things that we may have lacked um, <laughs> in the films we were watching. This this covered it and yeah, it and more. <laughs> well, it did, in, as I mentioned earlier, and its opening opening of this film is just a solid. I would say a good five to eight minutes worth of just kung fu demonstration with the the weapons, the weapon, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the eighteen weapons. Um, no, no plot, no story. Just a good, solid <laughs> five to eight minutes of uh, demonstrative kung fu, um, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and it, and it's bookended by the end of the film, which is like a what a fifteen minute long um, fight sequence. Yes. 
So yes, this, that it, is it did not it did not let up um, and let or let us down on that count anyway. Yeah, that fight went on forever. It did. Um, speaking of, I guess that fight, uh, uh, Liu Chia Young is uh, the other actor that portrays Lei Ying. So that's uh, Lei Kung's brother who shows up in the beginning and then at the very end. He's the main um, antagonist, although you don't really see him except for like twice in the movie. Well, it's kind of in the middle he turns up, isn't he? Mm, oh, yeah, he does turn well, up in the middle. And people mistake mistake him for Lei Kung. His brother, yeah. Yeah. So this is the guy that uses the um the voodoo dolls. I don't know what you want to call it. That's what it was like, I guess. He basically can mind control people and use them and puppet them. Hold on. The fight at the toilets above the swamp was that Lei Ying, not Lei Kung. That was Lei Ying. Lei Kung doesn't oh, show up until later. I know. I I got a couple <laughs> fight scenes mixed up too. Don't feel bad. I thought it was him. I thought he. Yeah, I'm confused. Okay, so if we'll you want, if that. you want to feel really, if you don't, I mean, if you want to feel really good about yourself, I got in the final fight scene. I kept forgetting what um, what uh, color suit the guys had on, so I kept getting them mixed up. But to be fair, they shaved off their mustaches, so they looked. Very similar. Well, yeah, and they've got the same um, sideburns, like same haircut. Chops. Yeah, so yeah. they're supposed to be like twin brother kind of Look, you know, yeah. looking. So I, I yeah, I got a lot of things. I don't want to get into that now. We'll get into yeah, that we'll, later. We'll, we'll come back to that. But that um, so, yeah. uh, re- uh, regardless, that's um, Lu Chiaoyong, and uh, he has 139 credits uh, to his um, acting portfolio. Um, He's also directed he 16 good. films. I'm unfortunately a lot of these are in Chinese the Chinese names, so I don't know. I'm not familiar with like any of these, honestly. <laughs> he was also involved with The Legend of the Drunken Master and Once Upon a Time in China, which is um, a probably stunt work. Yes, um, stunt coordinator. Um, Actually, specifically for the fire sequences in Once Upon a Time in China. Oh, interesting. Um, and then he, he also was the stunt coordinator in Armor of God. Um, and then just a bunch of like... Cool, all, he was fairly active in the 70s, looks like his primary um, time when he was doing stunts. Uh, as far as films, Return of the One-Armed Swordsman... Um, the new one-armed swordsman. Uh, I don't recognize too many of the other Man of Iron. Maybe um, Thunder Kick. I think that's with um, Hong Zheng Li. Uh, he's also in Legend of the Seven Gold Vampires. So he's worked together with um, uh, the director of the film. Um, often he's in Master of the Flying Guillotine. Um, Thirty-six Chamber of Shaolin. So again, a lot, a lot of the large um big name films in the 70s he's he's in there too so that's uh that's cool <laughs> yeah. yeah so these guys are yeah. they're pretty notable i mean this is a, a film with a lot of um <clears throat> famous actors in it and then we have um 
Karawai, and um, she portrayed uh, um, Fang, Fang Shaoqing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she plays a, a female at pretending to be a guy throughout the whole film. Yes. In the most, like, I don't know who, who would mistake her for a boy, but she's dressed in a young man's outfit. Um, she has 153 credits to her her filmography. Um, surprisingly, she's still quite active. Um, she's still acting. Yeah, 2016, she was in. 2018, um, she's in post production films. So, uh, it does seem like a bit more drama stuff, though. Yeah, more but there's stuff. still even. Kung Fu Taboo, I don't know what that is, but 2015. Um, oh, Rigor Mortis, I did watch that. That's actually more of a horror film, but there's some Kung Fu in there. Um, then not not too much in the last 10 years. There's, I mean, she's constantly acting, but like not really need a lot of um, Legendary Assassin, uh, the Tai Chi Master, but it's a TV series. The picture, her main picture, when you click on her name, and, and her, she's in like a battle gear, looks badass. Honestly, that film. What's that? Yeah, from? that looks like a newer one. But yeah, it looks good. Uh, I don't really see too much. Um, eight diagram pole fighter, but that's in '84. Uh, I guess we would be remiss in, in not mentioning it. The movie did come out in 1982. Uh, I think technically yes. it was 81, but it was released in 82. Return to the 36th Chamber. Um, Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Uh, <laughs> Brave Archer 2. I think, and the Brave Archer 1. So she pretend... I don't know if she's the same character. Uh but again, she's worked with the with the director multiple times, um, and she was fairly young in, in this um, film. Let's see. Then we have uh, Ho Shao, uh, and Ho Shao was oh, um, that was Tia Tia Ho, uh, the um, the. He was the the guy that got sick. Yeah, the other main assassin. Yeah. Um, and he only has 40, 40 acting credits to his name. Um, and he he's stopped. Talented. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's very acrobatic. He stopped in nineteen ninety five. Was his last uh, acting credit. He's an Iron Monkey, um, which we probably should cover eventually. Um, Disciples of the 36 Chamber, Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. So again, like uh, they, they've worked together, um, a lot of this cast uh, on multiple other films. Um, Spir- Spiritual Boxer 2, 36 Chamber of Shaolin, um, Dirty Ho. So he started in 76 uh, and then ended in 95. So, you know, it's still 40 movies. So it's not like he wasn't busy. Yeah, no. It's a good career. Uh, let's see. Then we um, last two. Uh, Shang Fu. He portrayed the uh, 
charlatan, the guy that was pretending to be Lekong. Yeah, that's where things got really weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he's just someone who basically tries to live off pe- pe- by... He's pretending stealing, to be someone famous and trying to yeah. get people to give him money. Just he just does. Yeah, he he, run, he walks around entourage. doing um yeah, he has like an entourage that uh helps him trick people. Um let's see, he's done free, pretty much. Yeah. Forty he has forty three films. Um I wonder if yeah, he doesn't say how he died, but he passed away in eighty three, so just the year after this was made. He's only twenty eight oh, years really? old. Yeah. Heck. That's sad. Yeah, I don't know what... It uh, doesn't list a cause of death. Because um, for- movies come out in 84, but I'm assuming they were in production. Yeah. And that's what, that's what it must have been. So they were um, posthumous releases. Um, a Diagram, Pole Fighter, um, and <clears throat> another film that's in Chinese, so I, <laughs> I don't know what the title was. But uh, he was in, I don't really recognize, uh, Four Assassins, um, Brave Archer, Brave Archer 2, uh, Avenging Eagle sounds familiar, and then Brave Archer 3, (laughs) Brave Archer 4, so apparently (laughs) that series likes him, Uh, and and that's kind of it, he had a... um, Oh, he, has a, he was the ninth of 11 siblings. Hmm. I think I will click on the bio and just and see if it has a... Uh, oh, wow. It's, they put a lot of effort into this. Um, it does not... Heck. This is a long bio. Oh, um, he... I think it's a car crash. Oh yeah, um, he was he was driving with his brother, um, and they they hit a cement barrier, and it it, it looks like it it broke his back. Ooh, no, nice. And and other internal injuries, so he didn't. Um, or I guess he had internal injuries, but because he had his back broken, they weren't able to 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 save him. Hmm. Um, well, any of our listeners, I would I would suggest to go um, check out his bio because it's it's, it's extensive. Um, it's, yeah, and quite obscure ones. And, and, some some of the ones that I've even heard, a lot of them mm-hmm. I haven't even heard of. So that was Shang Fu, and then um, of course uh, Liu Chiahui, uh, Gordon Liu, is in this film as a it says a guest role. He's plays a well. I mean, what do you have? Two scenes. They're long, um, and he has, of course, like 111 um, films to his acting credit. Just uh, kind of dabbled in directing uh, for three films um, in the mid to late 80s. Uh, He's acted in pretty much everything the director from this film um, directed. <laughs> <laughs> just just kind of glancing at it. 
And, I need and, a buddy like that. Just to get you <laughs> yeah. And then he's still, um, pretty sure he's still. He, the last large role he had was in 2013. Uh, and then he was also in, in, in uh, Man with the Iron Fists. And he was in Kill em All, which was not a great film. It was more of a cameo for him. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been active uh, pretty steadily since like 1973. Cool. Yes, that'll uh, that that kind of wraps us up on the the major um, players in the film. Uh, what do we have as far as reviews? Reviews. Um, there's no one star reviews again for this film. Well, it was it was good. I can and see where you could have maybe like made complaints. Yeah, we'll see. I don't I know. We'll see what they <laughs> we'll see what people say. Um, there was, I found one two star review. Interesting enough. Um, yeah, the user review seemed to be. I think the average was lower than the actual critic reviews. It's usually the other way around. I think that's what I saw. Anyway, the two star review is what a shame. This is uh, Mantis, Mantis Fist, and this was written in nineteenth uh, September, two thousand two. So almost exactly sixteen years ago. Give or take ten days. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and twenty years strange, after. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. For some strange reason, this movie always seems to garner high praise. I would just like to say that the movie is very inferior to many of the other Shaw Brother titles. If you are a huge fan of this genre, I would recommend far superior films such as Super Ninjas, Shaolin Master Killer, Eight Diagram Pole Fighter, Avenging Eagle, or Kid with the Golden Arm. These particular films have some of the most beloved actors of the Shaw Brother stable. Uh, Lu Chi Hu, Fu Xing, and Ti Lang, and the Venoms in them. And these films capture the true essence of what makes the Shaw Brother films so popular. This film does come from the Shaw Studios, but as mentioned above, does not impress due to the poor storyline and lack of true fight scenes, with the exception of maybe one. That one would expect from the Shaw Brothers. Many people say that this is the best kung fu movie ever made. Uh, I highly dispute that those, those claims and could easily name twenty-five other classic. It's very specific. Uh, <laughs> twenty-five other classic martial art films that would put this one to shame. Watch this one only if you want to add another Shaw Brothers title to your belt. I would have given that review more credit had they said I could have easily named 18 other classic martial arts films. <laughs> oh, I see. That's 25. Oh, no. Sorry. That's his, that's his number. My number's 23. I don't have a number. I'm just sorry. You don't. Um, and 18 would have been better because it would play off the title of the film. <laughs> oh, dang it. Um, yeah, I, I can see what he's saying. I'm not as familiar with some of these films that he's mentioned. Um, but I would... Jackie Chan's Drunken Masters, would I'd say is better than this. <laughs> but 
I don't know. I don't think it deserves two stars. Uh, so I think it's a bit harsh. It is, and I I agree that this is not the best kung fu movie ever made. Um, we, we've I think we've already reviewed, um, or at least looked at movies that are um, superior to this. Yes, enjoyable. Yes, that this is certainly great. Um, enjoyable. It's a good film. Um, well, best kung fu. And no. I had. <laughs> I had to give this reviewer credit. Usually our one and two star reviewers are just like crying whiny babies. <laughs> like they often are, are just like complaining about really dumb things. Uh, at least this person had, you know, saying that there's deep believes there's are ah, better movies. Um, but they did fail to kind of explain why so much more just stating there are better films. Yeah. They're just giving an, uh, an opinion without like really backing it up with anything. Yeah. And the actors uh, they're crediting were in this film too, so that's a little weird. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's the two-star review. What a shame. Um, I can switch to a 10-star now, because these are always fun as well. I'm going to take, instead of taking the first, no, that was too long. I'm going to take the third one, just to be different. Or is there 18? I could take the 18th one. No, there's not 18. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the absolute best old school kung fu movie of all. See, this is the person this guy is talking about. This is from CK Ormos One, and this was a more recent review, the tenth of March two thousand and fourteen. I previously reviewed this movie as one of the best old school kung fu movies. I changed my opinion after watching over hundred. I don't know, this guy's lying. I changed my opinion after watching over 1,500 kung fu movies, most of them multiple times. This movie is truly the best old school kung fu movie. I always had a problem deciding the criteria for the best. It comes down to three things. Bites, spirit, and respect. <laughs> This movie has the full range of fight choreography. There are seri serious fights, comedic fights, weapon fights, and empty hand fights. All fights are executed precisely, swiftly. And wrong word there, buddy. These fights last forever sometimes. And, continuing, with maximum moves per cut. Next is Spirit. There must be some element relevant to the true spirit of martial arts. Last is respect for... Hold on. Backtrack a little bit. You can't just say there has to be an element, element of spirit of martial arts without specifying what that element is in the film, if you're reviewing it. Continuing. Last is respect for the actor-slash-action director-slash-fight choreographer. No one hit wonder can win the title. Lifetime achievement must be considered. Therefore, only a handful of people such as Sek Kin, Jimmy Wang Yu, and T Lung, Lo Lei, Samo Hung, Jackie Chan, Kun Tai Chen, Liu Chi Liang, and a few others are even eligible. Of all those names, Liu Chi Liang is the greatest and this is his masterpiece. End of review. Sorry for the interjections, but 
I was just stumped by some of the comments. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really agree with what their thesis is in this and what they've arrived at. <laughs> like, I understand what he's or he or she is trying to say, but this is this is kind of it's a hodgepodge of of concepts. Yes. If you were to say that this is the best Lu Long Liang film, because that's what it sounds like they're trying to do, um, that that it sounds like that's kind possible. Movie but you're comparing way too many things. So, how, what's the average length? So, two hundred. He reckons he's seen fifteen hundred films, which is possible, multiple times, most of them. So we're talking of the doubt two and a half thousand films times two hours five thousand hours so gets 208 days non-stop he could have watched those <laughs> um or he could have done two one movie a day for five thousand days Divided by, no, sorry, for two and a half thousand days. Divided by 365. It would have taken almost seven years, 6.84 years to, to accomplish what he's saying he's done. No, we don't know how old the reviewer is, so. Still. That's, that's <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um it's not. I just. But I think it is. There needs to be like specific <laughs> criterion that they're listing if they're going to declare one particular movie the best old school kung fu movie of all time. But yeah, anyway, I, I, <laughs> I don't. I, like I don't, I don't agree with it. Yeah, they, I like that they tried giving us shot. three things, but didn't actually specify what the spirit was in this film specifically. No, or, or explain any of these particular like criteria in regards to this film. No. The, I guess the fights one, they did the best job of doing that because they explained that there were all sorts of fights in this film. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm calling them out. Yeah. Write Dave, me an essay on these things. Give me a paragraph for each of these uh, specific criteria. We want an or opening seven, paragraph. Seven page paper. <laughs> yeah. And we want a good conclusion. Yes. The respect one's the weirdest. Like you can't just because someone's a fantastic director, if they make doesn't mean that other films, them being good on other films, make one specific film better because they've got such a good career. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then you'd have to be looking at the career of everyone involved in the film. Yeah. It was a fun one to read. So it's yeah, a weird sure. review, but it, it was fun. <laughs> it was a fun one to get out there. Um, I'll oh. I'll read the first one that popped up just because it has some some relevant points in it. Okay. So this one is a ten out of ten um, star. It says classic must see from Bickler, ninth um, of January, twenty fourteen. Anyone who has reviewed this movie and stated the plot is stupid has no knowledge of nineteenth century China. In fact, during the Boxer Rebellion, these boxers believed that believed through rituals they could make themselves impervious to firearms. No, I am not making this up, and neither did Chia, um, <laughs> Lu Chialiang. While he exaggerated and had fun with it for comedic values, he was making a historical notation. 
The martial arts in this movie are exceptional, and so is the outrageous humor instilled in this movie. Not only did he poke fun at the boxers, but also many of the martial arts movies of the 1970s that went a little overboard with the magical kung fu element. Um, see all of the spiritual boxer films that we mentioned um, in the various filmographies of the uh, cast. Um, that's my aside. Uh, all in the same breath show the usage of almost every weapon used in Chinese martial arts. The talent in this movie speaks for itself, aside from Liu and his brothers. There is Fu Sheng, Ho Xiao, and, uh, the, and Sweet Karo Hui. Um, they don't make martial art movies this good or, or this original or good anymore either, with all this Ip Man clones and CGI epics not even close. All I can say is that Lu Qialiang, uh, you are sorely missed, and the point is no amount of skill will help you dodge a bullet. Um, I, I can, yeah, I can agree with That's this a little bit more than the other one we just read. And it gives us a little bit of a synopsis of what's going on in the film. Yeah. This or at is least the background. Movie. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it explains why, and it brings to light some of the, yeah, some of the important facts that's trying to be addressed in this film. And so, yeah, very good review. I agree with this one. <laughs> 100%. So what did you like about the film? Um, I enjoyed, uh, I guess, to <laughs> to roll back a little bit to the, the previous 10-star uh, review. Um, while this may have not been the greatest martial arts film of all time, it did have um, all of those elements as far as it was sort of not making fun of, but taking a look at um, historical events and drawing them to the conclusion you would get if people were taking things seriously um, and interjecting a little bit of comedy, um, a little bit of zany magic uh, and some, you know, some pretty good uh, just more general martial arts uh, choreography. Um, I, I watched this, uh, in Chinese with subtitles. So a few of the things I think didn't come across correctly on the subtitles. Um, and it may have, I don't know if the dub would have been, if this is dub titled where the, they're just doing subtitles off of the English translation. Um, so if I were to watch this again, I would like to watch it in, in English with the subtitles on there as well and kind of see uh, if they explained a few things a little bit better because some of the plot points I think were lost um, upon me, even though I'm passingly familiar with um, the, the, the Boxer Rebellion and some of the, the events that the film's talking about. Yeah, I watched it in um, English dub because I was doing other things at the same time while watching most of it. Um, just because time's scarce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, see, I, I, I like that it was addressing those things. Um, it's the foreign. It's, you don't you don't actually see any foreigners in this film from memory. No, actually, but they reference them. Yes, um, but it's similar themes to what we've covered in other films, where there are the foreigners coming in um, with these guns, and the martial the traditional martial artists are trying to fight back. Um, yeah, and, and um, yeah. We, we we cover. I mean, the, the events in this are tangential and um, slightly um, prior to uh, the events in um, the, Once Upon a Time the, in China. Yes, 
So the Wong Fei Hung, um, various films. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they talk about some of the Boxer Rebellion and kind of what's going on. And then we did see the one, um, uh, wasn't really the villain. He was just the guy hired, um, by the, uh, the, were they pirates? I don't remember. Um, but he thinks he's impervious to bullets. And, you know, that, of course, in that film didn't turn out so well either. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, also part of our opening montage in this, or not montage, but the the prologue. Oh yeah, that opening section's got that first scene was weird. Like, there's that martial <laughs> arts school. Was it? Do we the person hiring because he's going around some old master dudes going to these different kung fu schools and hiring or sending off assassins to take out our main our main character. Yeah, so what happened Who was the old um, guy? <laughs> as as far as I can gather was um I'm in the wrong menu here. Where's my sorry folks gotta look up character names <laughs> because I can't remember. Um Wow, it has to pull through all the uh there we go. So the 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 main He's not even the antagonist. He's just the dude running around hiring people in the beginning of the film. Um, the, it's a government uh, guy. Uh, he's looking for Lei Kung. Now, Lei Kung originally um, was a, a... He worked with the government because he led the... Um, I think it was the Maoshan. Uh, he was training the boxers in the Boxer Rebellion, in spiritual kung fu. So he was the one teaching them, like, he's the master of the 18 weapons. And so he's one of the few people that are, um, that's a, like a big point the movie makes, is that uh, the current martial world uh, has been impacted by these um, foreign invasions, really. And they're losing a lot of their traditional arts. Uh, yes. And that's not, that's not just a direct um, result of the, the, the foreign occupations. That's just a result of time. Um, these things, because China is modernizing, it's, it's losing touch with um, its, its traditions. And the people upholding these traditions are like the, the boxers. Um, and in this case, it's not only the boxers, but it's also the spiritual um, there's two groups there's the martial artists so that's the traditional schools and then there's the spiritual boxers so they are um it's a mix of Taoism uh and martial arts um and subterfuge so they're kind of using some guerrilla tactics um to to try to defend um their homeland against the you know these technological advances but, well yeah. Lei Kung uh, he's training them, but he doesn't really agree with a lot of the spiritual side of it because he doesn't think it's he he thinks it's sort of cowardly and it's um, people are using that instead of the traditional martial arts. Um, uh, whereas he thinks that if they were going to do that, they should be combining them and using in like synergy. But they're they're just they're relying completely on the magic spells, which don't actually do anything. 
Well, yeah, he, he didn't want to see his pupils basically being put in front of rifles and being well, they're shot. Getting, they're getting killed. killed. <laughs> so what's happening yeah. is they're to, um, to, to, to become impervious to bullets. The idea is that you have to train to do that. But to do that, you have to get shot. Um, unfortunately, yeah, and- getting shot just kills you. Uh, so the idea is they just keep training and eventually someone's just going to become invincible. It's really weird, but that's like actually what was kind of happening was that they, yes. they practice these iron body techniques and, you know, these, uh, Taoist spells that should in theory make you impervious, but you don't know until you actually like try it. And by and then it's too they, late. <laughs> well, yeah. And they were t- basically making brainwashed slaves effectively yes. it seems like they're willing um obedient without um like yeah, without obedient to the t yeah. yeah and he didn't value that he valued the, the lives of his people and so i, I guess the reason why they were sent a hit out and wanted to kill him is because he was a symbol of rebelling against i guess the, the, the government the government wanted the imperial army wanted to do yeah because he didn't, he's not actually trying to stop them. No, he's, he's just, just not. He's just become a hermit. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm just not going to do anything. Um, and and by doing that, by by remaining neutral, he, he that becomes an enemy of the state. But basically, well, I think I guess they feared the fact that he. Um, and they feared the fact that he's yeah because because he's um, able to train anybody in like these older techniques. Um, the 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 knowledge that he has represents a threat. Yeah, and, and the fact that he's held up as like a kind of hero. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I saw as that his knowledge is a threat, but also that he's um, it it creates weaknesses because people know he defected, yeah. and so it. it it gives question to others to well, it gives question to the this. to the to the boxers and the spiritual yeah. boxers because yes. um, if the dude training them doesn't agree with what it. they're doing, then maybe what they're doing is wrong because he's yeah. the guy that should know about it. So I think that that's part and parcel of why um, he's uh, this has become an assassination target, not only time, yeah. for the Maoshan school but also the traditional martial artists. Because he was involved in training the, um, the the spiritual boxers too, so they think that's an affront to traditional martial arts um, by using the the spiritual powers. Yep. So everyone's so just listen, com- coming after this guy. Well, and that's where you see this government official going to. I think it's like three schools, or is it just two? I think it's three. Uh, Doesn't I, really matter. I think it was two, but. The other one may have been his own personal. I, I think the one his brother was running, because his brother was running okay. the Maoshan stuff. But like the first one, it's like he's like the soldier who goes must die, because no one must know about this. <laughs> and it's like real extreme. And he's like, "Don't worry, my soldiers are loyal." I'm paraphrasing. And then dude rips his own eyes out, and another dude rips his own dick off. <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was um, okay. I, I, that particular two instances weren't my favorite part, but my favorite like line in the movie is the um, uh, that's uh, um, Le Ying, 
is the guy that's controlling the Maoshan sect. So that's Le Kung's brother. Um, he's speaking to like the government officials saying that you should let us handle the assassin. Like we'll go take out Le Kung and I can also train all the people get in the, um, the spiritual Kung Fu so they can be invincible to bullets. Um, but uh, the, the government, I think the government guy says like, we need to speak alone or something. And so Le Kung's like, he doesn't say anything to his men. I think he just points at them and they all just vanish. And um, yes. the government guy's like, did they just vanish? And Leighing says, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the best, <laughs> like, my favorite, like, line. Did they just vanish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Uh, <laughs> he's like, it's pretty he's like yeah, they did. They just vanished. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then, of course, the and one then, dude guy gouges his eyes out and the other guy rips off his groin. So it was just like, what? That, yeah, and then it goes to the other school where yeah. this is where the, the lady pretending to be a boy comes from. So that's the traditional school. That's Shaolin. That's the Shaolin uh, temple. Um, because the the bald guy, Gordon, assassin, yeah. he comes from there as well. And he's mm-hmm. one that's training them. He's a, he's a, a Shaolin monk. A monk. Monk, yeah. And then there's her. And we see very quickly that she's not, she doesn't like what's going on from the acting that she does. But then she's still assigned to go hunt down. Yeah. Or does she go voluntarily? And she's not assigned. Um, I think she was assigned. She was given orders because she she when she talks later with um, uh, Tia Ho, uh, they're on the multiple times they encounter each other and are battling. Um, they're constantly going. You were sent by the Maoshan. You oh, were yes. sent by the yep. traditional school. You know, so they're they're at odds with each other anyway. Um, but they end up having to work together because they realize their targets the same. Sort of. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't think she ever had the intention to, she just wanted to find them to protect them. Um, because she didn't like her seeing her fellow martial artist getting killed. Yeah. I think it was a combination of things cause she was trying to kill him too. Originally, you know, initially, but she, she changes her mind like fairly quickly because yeah, yeah, I think she, she realizes what he's doing by taking, excuse me, by taking himself out of the fight. Um, Lei Kung, isn't a threat like she's been told yeah um because she didn't the scene that she first appears in is um the them trying to block bullets and demonstrating that their soldiers can they get four guys line up and get shot and then the shallow monk sticks the prayer paper on <laughs> they all fall down dead. <laughs> that was my like second favorite scene i think from just from the beginning especially when um this is this gordon Liu's character and um he so he, what happens is there's a firing squad up on a balcony and he has i don't remember it's like six dudes um like they're lined up and they're doing like qigong techniques and he's they all have like um talisman stuff painted on them uh, as part of the, the temple uh, thing, but also to make them have extra spiritual power. But he basically points at each of the guys and he's like, you're invincible, you're invincible, you're invincible. And then they just get shot, but they're not invincible. <laughs> and he just So he sticks a talisman on like the bullet holes, like it's going to make it better. And he's like, you're invincible, but they just die. He's like, okay, try it again. <laughs> so yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. It's, funny it's, really, it's, it's funny because they're making it funny, but it's, it's not funny because this kind of thing was actually happening. 
So yeah, they're so devoted. Which is what the re- what the reviewer it. was kind of getting at was um, the film is more poignant than I think people want to give it credit for because it seems like a comedy. But until you realize this was like not all of it, but the concept of what's happening here was a real thing. Yeah. And it's never the one like that's the thing. The shallow monk is saying you're invincible, but he's never the one standing in front of the gun, is he? And no. that's what bugs me. Um, yeah. And there's some other stuff that he does later that also was like, what? But oh, I think we'll yeah, he was weird because he disappeared for like this, like a chunk of the movie, then came back all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, he was just <laughs> guest starring. So technically, he's really only in like two scenes out of a two yeah. hour long movie. But they were both pivotal. I mean, this is an important thing that has to happen for you to realize what the film is talking about. And then yes. um, he just does a big fight scene toward the end. Um, anyway, that's why Le Kong is being a, a target of assassination. Um, and I guess the rest of the movie just ch- continues on with assassina- assassination attempts, really. Um, yeah. Or them trying to track him down. They're just trying to find him. Um, I think yeah. for most of the runtime, uh, because we have well, the other characters that are masquerading um, as Le Kong. Well, that's the thing. We, we, um, they find him very quickly. Because they get to the place where he's believed to be, and he's yeah. there in most of the scenes, but they, they just don't, don't know that's him. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's... that was kind of fun, um, and how the legend of him is bigger than he actually was. You know, like they expecting this really powerful show off character, whereas there's this there's this humble, very strong <laughs> woodcutter right next to them that they just ignore. Yeah, for a while, well, and then they start to suspect. So we get to what we discussed earlier with the brother turns up and just one of the local villagers um, say, hey, he goes, hey, Lei Kung, I need more firewood. And he's like, oh, I'm not Lei, Lei Kung. Do I look like him? And I'm like, yes, you are Lei Kung. I'm like, what the heck? And then I realized that it's the brother. And that makes sense. Who hired the charlatan? I thought Lei Kung actually hired him to pretend to be him to to get people. No, Lei. Okay, so what happened? They they explain <laughs> this part in the bathroom scene. I must, I must have. Yeah, I must have just misunderstood it. Or so, um, as we mentioned, that the charlatan is pretending to be Lei Kung. He's doing this in order to draw the real Lei Kung out because he's like insulting him by pretending to be him, basically. That's what I thought. That but was the plan. Yeah, just the, the um, Lei Ying and Lei Kung looked exactly this, looking very similar. They do. Lei Kung has a mole. <laughs> That's like kind of it. And as I say, like I had it on a second screen, really reasonably small while yeah. I'm working. And so I, I, I missed some of those finer details. Because that's what I thought they said. Because you don't see who hires them. You just see the charlatan talking with his lackeys about how they've been hired to draw out. And then, then you see him meet and get paid by what I thought was Lei Kung. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah he's getting paid by <laughs> Lei Ying for his performance. He, he's like, you did a really good job as Lei Kung. Now he'll, now he'll bound. He's not he'll bound. He's bound to um, show up to confront you for pretending to be him. But he doesn't. And does then, he? No, he doesn't. Because he doesn't just, care. Yeah, the assassins do. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of was all pointless. And that lasted. That scene where he's pretending to be 
um, Lei Kung. It was like for a ten long minutes time. long. It was a really and like the like, <laughs> long, long uh, charade. And so the, the ensuing fights, the one in the uh, it's like the the toilet above the the swamp, was disgusting. By the way, but was very good but it's also very pointless because the assassins come to fight this guy who isn't Lei Kung <laughs> and ends up fighting with Lei Ying who looks like Lei Kung and then they all just walk away and then is it the the, 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 the lady uh, what's her name um, Fang Xiaoqing Fang she, she just works out that it's the woodcutter because he's so strong isn't it <laughs> Yeah. Or is it? Oh, I guess Lei Ling Ying finds out where um, Lei Kung lives because he gets told where he is because he looks like him. I think that's what happened. I think that happened right afterwards. So someone's just saying, "Oh, aren't you going to bring the stuff?" Whatever you know. And he's like, "Oh, that's that's actually my brother." Well, I don't think he admits it. I think he just says he needs firewood, and so... Yeah. yeah. No, he doesn't... Then, I mean, he's saying it to himself, rather. That's what... And, yeah, so... It, it was all a little bit convoluted in the middle there. It's a, it's a comedy of errors. I mean, it's a lot of shenanigans, yeah. just as excuses to have, like, set pieces for, for fight scenes for to fights. happen. And that set piece was very funny and was very impressive actually because it was you mentioned earlier that uh, Lei Ying was the voodoo doll yes Not voodoo, but yeah yeah it's it's, it's the the Maoshan um he's the head of the Maoshan so one of the skills that they have as part of their spiritual boxing is the ability to control people's minds um and in this case he hypnotizes you and then uses a um a doll with uh I think it's supposed to be like chi points on it. And as he presses those with like a little thumbtack, it activates your nervous system to, to make you respond um, in, in conjunction with it. But it's like, um, it's far more magical oriented than just simple like hypnotism would state because whatever the doll's doing you're forced to do and that includes things that you shouldn't physically be able to do like kind of hover like over water, water. yeah <laughs> or lean was, like completely sideways yes um so this is the fake um the charlatan acting as uh lei kung he ends up coming to get paid by lei ling um and then gets confronted by the one of the assassins who yeah, um which I haven't talked much about. He's he's the very ninja like assassin. He um very, very sneaky, uh, very yeah. agile. So he he's the assassin sent by Mao Shan. He's the disciple yeah. of um uh Lei Lei Kung. Lei. Uh, Lei Ying, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he it, he's got yeah, he uses daggers and knives and and there's always got something to throw. <laughs> just, and so they end up getting into a fight, which seems ridiculous because you think Lei Ying would have just said, look, you're, you're, I've said you here, but this isn't the right one. Don't just back off. But it doesn't. They end up fighting and he uses a voodooed char- charlatan character to end up fighting him, doesn't he? Yeah. 
and and the choreography of it is phenomenal because you can see the actual movements of the doll like like in the foreground and they it matches them pretty the timing is pretty good for the actual actor in the background yeah and not only that but it's a, it's like a testament to um shang fu which um we may have to look into some of his other films it's a shame that he has a, has a short career but uh he's good at what he does and very physical thing, his character is such a ridiculously stupid oh, yeah. dork yeah he's a goofball but he's like physically gifted yeah and it doesn't look like he should be no <laughs> because of the acting he does as that character depending on that character yeah. but the, the ability to t- have that timing was very well done and i thought it was quite a fun uh scene to watch a little uh, someone puppet controlling a little doll and have a, have a, a martial artist behind fighting. Like it was just a really cool, clever scene. I, I just found, um, yeah, quite a, quite a spectacle. Yeah. One of the cool things was there to talk about, I guess we've, we've kind of covered the plot, haven't we? We kind of saw. Yeah. Of, there's, there's not, there's not much else, um, plot relevant wise that the, happens um i guess just, the two assassins um the girl and the ninja type guy yeah um they have they at least like what three three fights or so i think to, yes. against each other um, um but they they end up um both siding with our protagonist lei kung yeah and trying to defend him um and yeah, agreeing that they shouldn't be, we shouldn't be forcing people to be killed to try and get stronger. Pause. Sorry. That's fine. Yeah, we're good. Um. Oh, I, I guess I did want to just briefly talk about it for the first time that those two meet. Um, so the the two assassins uh, are on the trail of Lei Kung, and this is when they're both invested in actually trying to kill him. Uh, they think he's at staying at a, um, an inn, and they sneak in through the attic, but independently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so while they're in the attic, um, about to, to each of them individually trying to kill him, and not knowing another person's there, so it's kind of just funny you know little set pieces but uh that was very clever uh very well shot gordon Liu's character shows up and they i don't think they can see who it is they just know someone else is there and so they try to stop what they're doing but um the the, the shaolin monk senses somebody's up in like the attic and he's asking the um, the innkeepers, like, what you know, what's what's above this room? And they, they're like, oh, it's just a storage space. There's nothing up there. And um, the two are still kind of, at this point, they realize they're both there to, to, to you know, to do this assassination. So they start fighting each other in the attic. And they, they pause a little bit when um, they hear people down below talking. And the innkeepers are like, oh, it's just a, a cat trying to kill a, a rat up there. And so um, uh, Tia like starts meowing, but it's um, so I'm watching it in, in Chinese. So they they 
did a cat sound effect like over his voice. So it doesn't match quite his like lip movements and it makes it even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. It, it made me think of was was it the um what was it that uh the Jackie Chan film we covered where he does the the cat kung fu. Um, he did that in Snake, the snake in and the Evil Shadow. Evil Shadow, yeah, because he had the and, cat fist and combined with the um, the snake, snake fist. fist. Yes, yeah, because the yeah the the snake the snake technique was always beaten by the eagle technique, and he learned the cat. Anyway, it reminded me of that and how funny that was, um, but also very cool. Meow! <laughs> like <jumps laughs> yeah, in. it's just completely like recorded over it. Um, and he, what was actually cool is he actually it looked like he was doing that form of martial art. Like actually, he did it was more of a claw technique for that lunge attack he did to, when he first did it, which is kind of fun. Yeah, well, they're um the the, the attic or the space that they're fighting in. Um, we should mention they're not able to stand up. They're like sort of Cramped hunched over, and mm-hmm. um, so he's doing that sort of attack, and she, um, she's using like more kicking and leg techniques so you could look at that as like a, a rat's tail or something it's um they they, they did really well with the, the choreography yeah. in conjunction with them pretending to be um a cat and a rat up in the attic because she she also did like make the, yeah she was making the, the mouse noise it's <laughs> pretty funny yeah. but she gave up a lot faster than he kept meowing yeah <laughs> oh and then he like set off uh like a a smoke bomb and then dropped a cat out of the attic like that he got yeah, that from somewhere <laughs> I'm like okay so they both just... jumped out the window and he must yeah. have grabbed it like it was alley cat and threw it in <laughs> yeah and i guess his arrival into the um inn was really cool he um uh the little village people i guess were flying kites for i don't know for a festival or something so oh, he's yes, yes, he yes. There, there's these kites that are um they're on their strings and they're like sort of in the wind pressing against the rooftops while well, he is kind of running along the rooftops with a, a kite like glued to his back so he just looks like another fluttering kite um up in the uh like in the darkness i really liked his character and how much creativity they they gave the way he fought the way he moved and the way like he interacted with the sets because he was always moving, always climbing, and always doing fun things like that. Because um, he could have easily just been sneaking in, and that'd be it. But they, I really like that they gave a lot more thought to what they can do with him. Um, yeah, that whole opening scene as that whole scene was very good. Um, as they kind of both doing a, a sneak attack um, simultaneously was very clever and how it was filmed was very well done how the camera panned and so you could see both of them in different portions of the roof cavity was very clever yeah and i think it's funnier that they didn't know the other one was there yeah at least some really good comedy without being too slapstick yeah except for the part where i think he um he realized so the attic uh he's in the crawl space and she's just in the rafters like just below the attic and they're both yep. they're both above um, the bed that the um, Lei Kung is supposed to be sleeping in. There ended up being nobody in the bed, um, and they're gonna. I think he's in his his intention was to drop poison down like on a wire, and yes. he realizes oh, a little tube like a reed or something. Yeah, like so he realizes someone's sure. below him, so he he 
pokes the reed down and starts blowing like some sort of poison smoke um, to to get rid of the other assailant so he can finish his mission. And well, she, she sees the tube come down like right by her face and just plugs it with a thumb. And then <laughs> the smoke comes up and goes out of his ears. It, it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was a fun, there's lots of fun fights and variety. There's a lot of vertic- verticality used, um, the trickery and magic. Like, I think they were toying with the idea that there was an element of magic was real. It just wasn't to the extent of being able to be bulletproof. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gave um, you um, abilities stronger than just the average person. But the, I think the, the general thrust of a lot of those skills were in like guerrilla warfare um basically like a ninja style thing with um a lot of the stuff that was magic was really just kind of like fireworks yes well that's the thing it kind of had this weird like blend the voodoo stuff was very magic orientated like you can't get around that but then everything else could be seen as magic but also led to like just tricks Sm- yeah. uh, smoke and mirrors type magician magicianary that's no word um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but i like you you've seen you've probably seen it's been going hitting the internet um like crazy recently people like tricking their cats and dogs by holding a blanket up and oh, yes, running away yes. behind the blanket that's what this film was full of <laughs> just constant holding up like fabric and then disappearing behind it. Yeah. A lot of misdirection. Um, I mean, it, it's yes. literally, that's what I think Lei Kung had problems with was he's like, it's, it's a lot of just trickery and it's not actually going to stop a bullet. Yeah. Like it's not, it works, but not to what you want it to actually do to, you know, prevent this takeover. Like it's not yeah. going to, it's not really going to do what you want. So we we're just kind of, getting people killed for no reason or leading them to, you know, we're we're giving them a false sense of security and they're going to get killed. That's what his complaint was. Yeah. Cause he did. It's just, yeah. Um, all all up is an interesting story and it's been, again, it's been more fun thinking about it and discussing it. And I learned more about the film by just talking about it with you. (laughs) Um, yeah, same here. Yeah, I mean, like, as we mentioned, it was a two-hour movie with a lot going on. Um, really, the plot's pretty straightforward, but I think because you're following, like, four different people, uh, it, it didn't tie together really until, like, the very end of the movie. Yeah. And like we've had we've had a few films where we've, we've liked to have added in some time. More often than not, I think we would have preferred uh, a harsher um editing method to put to the movie and i i think the supplies they could have culled out 20 minutes and it probably could have been a bit crisper um, I, I think so and a large part of that is they spent well i mean literally 30 minutes of the movie are fight scenes and that's fine but some of them were a little bit too long uh the the um the, the biggest miss no, i don't want to say mistake but the longest thing that could have been trimmed was the um, the, the scenes with the uh, Charlotte and Wu. Yep, that did not need to go for ten minutes. You, you can get the idea in like three. <laughs> oh, 
Oh yeah, and it just went on like he died like four times. I'm sure. <laughs> At one point, he fakes his guts coming out and then ties them back up and uses his spiritual kung fu to to seal his own intestines back into his stomach. Oh, he put his entrails back in. Now, I will say that during those scenes, they were very creative um, as far as the camera work goes in showing the audience, um, i.e., the watchers of the film. Uh, what his um, lackeys were doing, but then also showing the opposite side of it. So anyone that's actually in the movie would be deceived um, in thinking that he's, you know, as good as he's pretending to be. That's a good point. You're right. It was very clever. And I, I didn't quite think that as well as you just put it, but um, now you've mentioned it. I, yeah. It, uh, it does do that quite well. Um, and it was quite fun. And it was just too long. <laughs> it was too long. And to be honest, the last fight scene, I did lose interest in to some extent. Uh, it, again, was too long. Um, I think that's because it wasn't one fight scene. It was like three. Well, that's true. Well, even the final, final fight, when he fights, yeah. turns up to fight his brother, that was in itself was too long. But that had been followed by several other fights before it. Um, yeah, and, and I, you said I think that's a... Uh, yeah. I, I would say it's closer to 45, 50 minutes of fighting in this film. I think altogether, but if you look at the largest single set yes. piece fight scenes, it was probably three 10 minute fight scenes because yep, the fight with the fight with Gordon Liu was maybe about eight minutes. The fight at the end was specifically more than 10 minutes. And then yep. the shout and Wu, I think scene was about 10 minutes, if not a little bit longer. Yep. But yep. I will say, as we mentioned, the, the, the fight scene at the very end they do specifically take time to go through every one of the 18 weapons. And I thought that that was great because you saw them uh, not only just using the weapons, but um, it's, it's a fight between Lei Kung and Lei Ying. And they each use the weapon that works against what one of the brothers is doing. So Lei Kung is, is overpowering his, you know, it's not, it's, it's not really an evil brother, but it's, he's a bad guy kind of in the movie. So he's picking the weapons that go against uh, in a positive way uh, of what his brother has chosen. So he's defeating him at his own game every single time. Uh, even when they're yep. doing at the very end, um, it, it, though the la- I guess they're counting it. So the, one of the last weapons uh, of the 18th set is barehanded combat. And I think that's where um, you can look at this title as, you know, the legendary weapons of China. Um, the the people are included in that because barehanded combat yeah, is yeah, fair enough. part of it. Again, like I not as being familiar with a lot of that martial arts stuff as you are. I, in watching this film, I came out thinking that it was a reference to the actual, like to him and to other martial artists that they, they themselves were the weapons um and that's yeah and i guess i can look at it that way because it kind of makes sense in my head but it doesn't mean it's necessarily true but <laughs> um, yeah all in all i think it was a fun film um what would you rate it as i would What's yeah i would give thought? this like i'd give it like 8.5 i really I, I enjoyed this i um we pointed out the the bits that could have been a little bit better but that's really just because of pacing 
um, the, the, the actual content of what was going on and the cast, uh, every, everything was likable. Um, I'd recommend definitely checking this one out. Um, there may be a few parts where I, I wouldn't complain necessarily if you put it on fast forward just for a minute. You can see what's going on, but you don't got to waste <laughs> 15 minutes of your life um, watching the same fight scene uh, when there's not inc- it doesn't include anything extra that you don't see um, in the first f- few minutes of what they're presenting. Yep. Yeah, and that I could do without the dude ripping his nuts off. That was bad. Yeah, and it happens twice too. So that or oh yeah, uh, it happens once and then twice more. It's attempted. So I'm just glad because yeah. just after like the eyes, it does like a shot of like the eyeballs slapping on the ground. <laughs> and then the the guy did his nuts. I was like, "Please don't!" <laughs> and they, I'm glad they didn't. It just shows a bloody. Up. It shows a bloody piece of cloth flying behind him. Uh, yeah, a very, 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 very distant. It was a very wide shot. Um, whereas the eyeballs, it cut to a very close up. No, they're on the ground. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah, and it's just a close up of the eyes on the ground. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and my um, that's one thing I had wanted to discuss was not not that event in particular but all of these um i guess discounting the dude that you're making get shot uh the couple guys that he has killed themselves as a demonstration of how much he controls his um his sect how loyal they are. uh yeah. those guys have been training for a long time you're just wasting your own soldiers which i guess is ultimately the point that Kung was making uh yes. was that he's just egregiously wasting manpower it's like these guys are super loyal to you and you could have just made them like break a finger or something i don't know i think they had to kill themselves to prove their loyalty to somebody else you already knew they were going to do it because you're just hypnotizing them but yeah yeah i agree um it's 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 very sad and that people would do that um yeah where would I rate it? Um, I was thinking earlier when we first started recording, I was thinking around this um, 65, but kind of fleshing out and feel like, feel like listening and feeling about the actual plot and message of this film. Like it, it, it adds more value to me. Um, so I don't know, as a full production, I think it, it isn't that high. Like I think there is a lot of weaknesses, um, but the message and the content of what's trying to get portrayed pushes it up. So I, I may end up around a 7.5, I think not quite as high as you, but yeah, still a good film. Yeah. I think if I were to, um, if, if this wasn't, uh, I guess if it wasn't obvious, this is the first time that either of us have watched this film. Um, we usually yep. mentioned that a little bit earlier, but um, if I were to watch this, Technically, it's for a third time because I, I did skim it to, to kind of vet the film to make sure it was something we wanted to cover um, in the first place. Uh, when I was skimming it, I had a pretty good idea of what was going on um, pacing-wise. But then when I sat yep. down to watch it, it felt too long. Uh, so if I were to watch this a third time, like in full, uh, I would lower the score. It's 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 too much padding. Um, yeah. But if I were allow myself a little bit of leeway and to skip some of just the parts that are filler, uh, I would probably maintain the rating. 
Uh, yeah, like one of the things, one of the plot lines that could be cut out was the Shaolin monk. Like he could be taken out completely and the, the movie wouldn't change at all. Um, and that would save 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Or at least have him in the beginning to kind of showcase what the um, the, the martial art world is doing um, as opposed to what Mao Shan um, is doing. Yeah. So that, that, that was necessary, but him leaving to make sure the assassination is taking place, I, I didn't understand. I think that, that somehow I lost why he was going to do that when they had already sent um, the, uh, the, girl. the girl. So yeah. I didn't quite get that because she also didn't, I don't think, knew why he was out there also trying to kill him. Um, yeah. That was a little bit ambiguous. Uh, I did, however, like that he had the... Um, uh, Bodhisattva on his back and he used it as a weapon like he like launched it <laughs> I was like that seems a little bit disrespectful <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it is yeah lots of fun things and I, as I say the characters were pretty unique and fun like the, yeah. even the monk like he was he was different than everyone else it wasn't just your typical no, kung fu master um, like everyone had their own little thing that was different um, and their fighting style, their their costuming, their movement, everything. Yeah, you know, everything and, uh, was very specific. Oh, and I guess yeah. um, one style uh, point that he had, the monk, was when he's fighting uh, with Lei Kung, he uses his, like, back muscles to trap Lei Kung's hand. Oh, and yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was like, I haven't seen that before. He traps his hand like in between his blades. His shoulder blades. He? Yeah, it was great. It was like that's right. that's interesting. So there's there's stuff that it does like that, um, which elevates this above some of the other martial arts films, I think, at the time. Um but it does it too much. Yep. And that's a weird that's thing for okay. us to want to, to I don't want to say that because I love watching Kung Fu movies, but they needed to learn a little restraint um, in this particular film uh, yeah. and just kind of trimming some of the, the fight scenes. I love a 10 minute fight scene, but it doesn't need to have three of them in it. I think is, is, is the point I wanted to make. Yep. That's fair. Well, I think, I think we'll come through yeah, out. I think that, um, I mean, I, we just, I just, um, uh, full disclosure. I just finished watching this like two, three hours ago. Um, cause oh, really? I, wanted, I wanted to be a little bit fresher um, on some of the points. So, yeah, I've definitely <laughs> there's my two hours and then been recording for a little bit. So um, that's my Kung Fu for this week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Should we wrap up then? Yeah, I think I think that's it. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll wrap this uh, this episode up. I um, I don't have anything specific. Uh, in mind to cover for next time. I don't know if you've seen anything recently, but uh, I think I would um, like to continue on in this vein and watch something older again. Um, this was a nice change of pace from a lot of the, the modern ones we've been watching, and it's nice to see. Uh, there really wasn't too much wire work in this, but um, practical effects over the CG stuff does get a little bit too much to me sometimes. Time. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm happy so, for old uh, school. Yeah, so we'll, we'll take a look around and uh, see and then let you guys know um, in advance, as always, um, what, what will be coming up. Maybe it's time to do The Legend of the Drunken Master, as it's been mentioned today. 
yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll maybe we'll take a look at that, uh, and we could always use some more Jackie Chan. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, Vader, where can folks find you on the interwebs, should they be so inclined? Uh, VaderVanOden.com is all your Vader Vanness that you require is there. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I am pr- pretty much exclusively on Twitter at uh, sentient underscore plus. Um, otherwise, you can find me lurking around uh, monsterdearmonster.com. Uh, it's the other, one of the other podcasts I run. And then I'm doing a new podcast, um, which is uh, um, Hard Rock Saves the Space Dandy. It's on uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s um, science fiction films um books and um animated tv series uh that i find interesting um from asia actually so it's continuing a little bit in the vein of uh, this particular podcast um cool episode four was up this week so um i'm marching along to episode five next week <laughs> nice keep it coming oh yeah all right. Well, if you guys have any comments or questions, send them on in. Reviews would be great too, or just say hi. I mean, that's we appreciate that the most. I think um, we've had a few people reach out to us and just kind of say that they enjoyed the show or are looking forward to something that we're covering. Um, we we appreciate that, and uh, just uh, continue on and uh, stay tuned next time for something else, something new, and something kung fu. Bye bye, y'all. See you later.